Kim Schmidt, Executive Editor of Farm Equipment. Welcome to Farm Equipment's Used Equipment Remarketing Roadmaps Podcast. In this episode, host Casey Seymour of Moving Iron LLC sits down with Chip Nellinger of Blue Reef Agri-Marketing. If this is your first time listening, you can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or TuneIn Radio. By subscribing, you're alerted when each new episode is released. In this episode, Casey and Chip discuss how the harsh winter weather is impacting the markets, particularly winter wheat, and what's happening in some of the international markets as well in terms of demand. Chip, we got a couple things. One, we got this massive blast of cold air that's coming down out of the out of the north there, and, and uh, got some concerns what it might do to some winter kill for some wheat. We also have got a, a big report out this week for February, which typically isn't a big deal, but with all the fireworks that we've seen from the USDA here over the uh, course of the past couple of reports, this report could have a pretty big effect on what we see in the marketplace. Yeah, this, uh, you hit the nail on the head. Usually the February report's pretty much a, a ho-hum affair and, and doesn't really move the market. This one, as big as the demand has been and as strong as exports have been, a lot of people obviously in the in the marketplace with the market rallying strongly into the report are expecting a cut in carryout, both corn and beans, due to increasing demand, particularly on the export side. So the case now is we got to see that change in, in movement from the USDA the market's expecting it. The price action's telling you that. So we're setting ourselves up for a potential uh, volatile day. Uh, you know, whether the USDA, um, you know, moves demand higher, how much they move demand higher. <clears throat> They're also going to update world numbers. Uh, so that's going to move the market. And you mentioned the weather, um, you know, here brutally cold in areas, uh, sub-zero temperatures in a lot of portions of the Midwest and Plains. Is that going to do anything to the uh, to the winter wheat? There's some arguments on that. There's some some snow cover in some areas that that might help insulate some of that wheat, but some of that we just won't know, you know, for a while until this thing comes out of dormancy. But the point being, with the wheat market is there's there's a lot of bullish things bubbling under the surface with that uh, crop as well. It just might take a little while to uncover all that. Number one, did we damage any wheat with this cold weather? Are we going to get some more moisture into spring when we need it? How's the, uh, you know, Russia-Ukraine crop going to come out of dormancy? Uh, you know, Russia is, um, you know, said they're going to put some sort of mechanism in for, you know, not necessarily a ban, but to to, uh, to tax exports. You know, a lot of stuff working there on the wheat market. And, you know, that kind of falls in the environment where corn is has its own bullish case and, and maybe getting more bullish by the day, depending on, you know, how high the USDA raises these exports. So going to be a very interesting day here today with that report. I think we also get some numbers uh, out of CONAB, uh, which is kind of the, uh, if you want to call it the equivalent of the USDA in Brazil, they're going to come out with their crop estimate this morning as well. So that's going to be closely watched. There's they're, um, I think they're about four to 5% complete with bean harvest in Brazil. That's a little bit behind pace, but it is picking up steam slowly, but surely. And so, a lot of moving parts in there, as as always, but uh, we definitely don't have a, a a slow winter market to talk about here, and and this thing could uh, gain a lot of volatility depending on what the USDA says here. That comes out at 11 a.m. Central here this morning. Yeah, so that's going to be a, a big one to watch. Yesterday, corn and beans had, a, had just an incredible run up. Both of them finished up. Pretty, pretty well high up in the teens. Um, I think beans are up almost a little over 20. But as you take a look at that swing from yesterday, how much of that do you feel is is guys already kind of 
baking some stuff into this to this report and how much do you feel like there was actually some play there that was that was driving the market <clears throat> yeah that new contract highs in corn yesterday beans are, are well under contract highs but in its own right beans are a dollar uh, off of the lows from a week and a half two weeks ago so we're seeing some big swings in here um you know can it continue Sure. I think as you get to these levels and, you know, you're approaching some historic levels on the corn market where we've only been a couple times in history, uh, that being uh, 2008 and then again in 2012, which was the drought year. And, and this is an entirely different type situation where you, you kind of have a mix, right? You, you, we had a pretty big crop here, but it's more about demand, obviously, from China. And then, you know, maybe a little bit of drought in South America because of uh, their growing season, maybe going to curtail back some of their production potential. So this thing um, still has some legs. Um, you know, you got to feed a, a bull market bullish news uh, every day and every week to keep it going. So, you know, I, I think we open the door up here. A, if USA doesn't increase demand as much as expected, maybe some disappointment and, and a little bit of profit taking and, and start this whole process over again, where you fall back to a level that the commercials start buying it and, uh, you know, just adds to that choppy volatility but uh, this thing is uh, pretty historic at this point as far as the move we've seen you know there, there's no one there's absolutely no one that would have told you you know we'd be knocking on the door of six dollar corn in fact some areas with strong basis I, I saw this morning the st louis river market which is one of the strongest basis markets in the country um has six dollar old crop corn uh cash corn and five dollar um spots in in for new crop cash corn and you know just levels you haven't seen for a long long time many many years and no one would have predicted that that's part of the reason that these things happen it wasn't anybody you know i mean five six months ago market thought we we're gonna have a four billion bushel carry out and sub three dollar corn here we are knocking the door of of six bucks so unprecedented and uh this thing's gonna take on uh, a, a pretty wild tone I, I think that's usually how these things resolve themselves it isn't with a a whimper and you go up and you hit six dollars and you just go on a slow grind i mean you, you know you, you uncover some massive wild volatility and you haven't even begun to talk about the acreage battle we've got coming up you know after this february report uh the market's going to shift its attention to what kind of acreage battle we're setting up how many corn acres we're going to plant how many bean acres what's spring weather going to be like you know plenty of uh, things that are really going to make for a pretty uh, a volatile roller coaster ride here over the next few months yep that's that's uh that's a fair statement to make there there's the volatility is is all over the place you know if, if you look at all the commodities across the board all of them are fighting for for acres this coming planting season you know whether you're talking about cotton whether you're talking about corner beans or whatever that might be there's there's plenty of of uh of a of a battle there between the commodities which of which one who's going to get who's going to get the most acres so right now it looks like corn's going to be the our beans are going to be the winner just based on kind of how things are shaping up as, as far as price goes well on paper they they are to me i've i've been surprised though starting uh kind of over the weekend and, and earlier this week started to see some you know private estimates and surveys and you know, corn uh, was was garnering uh, more of the pie there than what I would have expected. So, yeah. you know, there's some surveys saying maybe four to five million more corn acres. Um, quietly, the the cotton market has been screaming higher, so mm -hmm. it's not going to go away uh, unnoticed. And 
without making people scratch their head in the south saying, hey, should we continue to plant the, the cotton acres that we've been planting? So things shaping up to be a real interesting spring. And then it, it all comes down to Mother Nature anyway. Right. And, and what kind of spring are going to get? Historically, if it's an early spring, we tend to pick up corn acres. Um, I guess you got to bet on an early spring. We've had about three or four in a row, arguably, they've been in, you know, on the wet side, some of the wettest ever, actually. And, um, you know, if, if you're a betting man, you got to probably say we're going to normalize this thing and, and have a normal early spring. And, uh, and, and that would maybe trend towards more corn acres. But it's going to be very interesting into, into spring. And then you got to play the whole growing season. Are we going to get enough rain? Is it going to get hot? Is it going to get dry? A lot of people, you know, on the, the uh, weather side of the equation, pointing out the drought map that is very, you know, very dry in, in many areas. And in fact, you know, has more drought areas showing up on the drought map now than we did this time in 2012. I'm not saying there's going to be a drought. I'd probably bet the other way because it's been so well publicized, but it doesn't mean you won't have a scare at some point down the road here in June, July, August. So we've got a, a lot of fun and games ahead of us. This is going to be a a real treacherous ride, I'm, I'm afraid. We'll get back to Casey and Chip in a moment, but first I wanted to take a moment to invite you to join us for the next Dealership Mind Summit. To learn more and register, visit dealershipmindsummit.com. Then head over to farm-equipment.com for the latest industry news. Now back to Casey and Chip as they move on to what's going on in South America and the La Nina conditions they've been dealing with and how that impacts the rest of the world as far as the gray markets are concerned. All right, let's just bounce down and talk about what's going on in uh, South America. They went from being some fairly dry growing conditions to now they're it's so wet they're having a hard time getting crops planted. Um, I guess as you take a look at that, how much is that weather pattern that we see, or that weather situation that we see in South America right now, um, especially in Brazil, Argentina seems like it's kind of the status quo. Nothing's much changed there. But I guess as you take a look at those, those two regions uh, that have a big effect on what's going on in the world as far as grain markets go. What's your thoughts there? And then is that this is that weather pattern playing into what we're seeing happen now with our crop prices? Yeah, so they've, they've fought La Nina. That uh, probably is, is going to be something that affects our market, our weather into, into spring as well. I don't think that that's turned much. Um, it, and they followed, you know, a typical pattern that uh, during a La Nina year, that is they struggle uh, with, with dry weather. They've certainly seen their fair share of dry weather. Now it's turned a little bit uh, too wet in some areas of Argentina. So their, their harvest is, is delayed a little bit. Um, and that's going to push back and, and kind of domino into a delayed start to their second crop corn. They have a, a pretty large, uh, usually about a, two and a half billion bushel second crop of corn down in Brazil that they typically export about two thirds of that crop into the world market. So it's very definitely the next, uh, say 90 days going to affect the corn market, how that crop goes in the ground and what weather they get. Um, Argentina has, you said a little bit normalized. I, I agree with that, but they are starting to dry out a little bit right. and they're a little bit, um, further behind on their season than, than Brazil. So it's kind of coming into their, you know, kind of like July, August time frame where they need to see, start seeing some better rains and it's starting to dry out for them a little bit. So that's a little bit of a concern as they finish out their crop down there. 
Um, with all that being said and all the struggles that Brazil's had, there's still a lot of private estimates in the, in the 133, 134 million metric ton um, crop size down there. And that's a massive crop. That'd still be a record. And some of that's acres. They increased, you know, four to 5% on their planted acres. But to, to have the, the weather that they've had and the dry pockets that they've had and still have a, you know, 133, 134 crop, if they realize that, it's going to be just mind-boggling how large that crop is. Again, we're going to get some updates uh, this morning, um, you know, from Conab down there as to what that is. And then the USDA is going to put their own estimate out. So that can change and will change. But right now, it still looks like they've gotten through that dry weather that they've had um, in, in pretty good shape. But yet, you know, early on in harvest, so that number can change pretty dramatically and, and, and will affect the market if, if we do see some changes there. But uh, still very much uh, a weather market from uh, from South America and will be on their second crop corn as you get uh, even into the March-April time frame. It's going to become very critical. Uh, a, they get the rest of their harvest on beans done and get that corn crop planted and, and then how the weather treats them into March and April is going to be key to the corn market. Yeah, okay, so let's jump over and talk about hogs for a minute. Hogs have had a pretty good run here of late, a lot of exports. Um, looks like the Philippines are looking at bringing in some more imports of, of hogs. They did have a little bout of African swine fever that went through that area, but I guess as you take a look at the hog market, um, it seems like it gets kicked around a lot, but it does have some, some good runs. So I guess as you take a look at that particular marketplace, what's your thoughts there, and, and how do you see this week shaping up for the hog market? Yeah, the hog market's, uh, at least in the discouraged, often really well. We've got a lot of things going there, and, and sometimes when there's smoke, there's fire. You know, China said that they're 90-plus percent back to normal numbers on their hog herd. Um, it's not sure if that is believable at this point. You know, there's too much news out. They're still fighting African swine fever. Uh, you know, of course, the massive buying of, of uh, you know, corn and, and beans would indicate that they are still building that up and, and rebuilding stockpiles there. But, um, you know, pretty good exports still. You'd think if, if they've rebuilt their hog herd, they'd slow down on U.S. pork uh, imports, and uh, and they haven't yet. And and so, you know, sometimes, like I said, where there's smoke, there's fire. There's also some talk out here uh, in the U.S. herd of, uh, you know, PERS uh, and some disease issues there that could affect – you know, later this spring and, and in early summer. And so, you know, the hog market looks good. It's responding to these higher corn and meal prices as it normally does. The furs are taking off, making new highs. Uh, I think things look good. I, I don't think they're straight up. You know, you're knocking on the door of, of $90 or, or slightly over in some of these summer summer month hogs. <clears throat> you know, I'm not going to be the one to tell you we're going to 100 or, or 105 in, in hogs, but I think the the uh, all the, the makings are there for a good summer market um, in, in hogs. Now, obviously, producers are going to be fighting increasing feed costs, so we, we need to have higher prices to offset some of that. But I think things look good in, in, in the hog market, especially the deferreds making new highs. I think, um, you know, not a believer yet that, that China's fixed all their problems, and, and the longer those big sales of U.S., uh, you know, pork products into China continue the the uh, probably the more bullish that gets out into the summer months for hogs yeah so let's take a look at the cattle market now cattle market has had a fairly decent run looks like 
Um, the, the headline in Pro Pharma this morning is uh, bulls maintain the upper hand in, the, in cattle futures through uh, product markets, uh, <clears throat> through the product market. So I guess you take a look there and see what's going on in that. There's a lot of momentum there that wasn't there even three weeks ago. So I guess talk about what you see happening in the cattle marketplace. Yeah, we're, we're slowly, uh, we've got kind of a, a battle going on. We, we just slowly improved the, the cash market here, but the futures market um, had some good fun buying and, and the futures market's well ahead of the cash market. Now we're, we're into delivery the, the February contracts, you know, starting to, to converge with, with cash, but you've got that April contract out there that was, you know, 124 and change yesterday, and we sold off pretty hard into the close. And so you've got, um, you know, a, a big head start on the April uh, live cattle futures to where cash is. We need to see cash, you know, over the next uh, month and a half improve more. So that's kind of the battle, at least between now and, and April. But I think the deferred live cattle are, are a lot like hogs. You know, the, the $5 plus corn prices are, are starting to filter through and, and you're seeing some buying interest in those deferreds. And I think they look um, good longer term historically. You know, when you see high feed costs, the, the uh, you know, the, the cost of deferred uh, or the price of deferred live cattle rise up to meet that. doesn't mean it, it producers are going to make a lot of money necessarily because of the higher costs, but generally you get to at least break even and, and a chance to make some money on some of those deferred. So I, I think in the short run here, you're going to see some more volatility because the, the April contract is, is, you know, so far premium to where the, the cash market is box beef has been on a tear. Uh, it's cooled off a little bit, but you know, 30 some dollars higher in, in, you know, basically six weeks since the start of the new year, good demand. We sold 7,000 metric tons of, of us um, beef to China last week. That's one of the bigger sales we've had in a while. And they've consistently been there every week in, in at least some amount. So I think that's a good sign too. So, you know, you get people back out, um, you know, into restaurants, there's more and more restaurants opening. There's this pent up demand. Um, I think things look good out into summer, but again, we may have a little bit of a bumpy ride in the short run here say between now and, and April 1st because of the big premium that the April futures already have to where the cash market is cash market could rally six, eight bucks and, you know, maybe not affect that April contract much because it's, you know, trading that much above where the cash market is currently. So interesting, uh, you know, six weeks ahead of us, but I think longer term things uh, are looking brighter and brighter for our livestock markets in general out in the summer. Starting to look like that way, Chip. Well, good stuff as usual. If folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what it is you guys do at Blue Reef uh, Agri-Marketing and also maybe ha have some questions about a plan or or maybe tweaking a plan because as the way these markets are moving right now and all the different moving parts that we see coming at us right now, there are plenty of reasons why the plan you made in January may not be the plan you need to have going, in, going into uh going into March here, going into plant season. So if folks want to reach out to you and, and talk to you about that a little bit, what's the best way to do it? Yeah, best way is just call our office. It's 309-550-7213. I'm happy to talk to you and you hit the nail on the head. I mean, this is changing uh, rapidly daily. So you, you need to, A, have a plan, and B, you know, be able to adjust that plan and execute it when, you, uh, when the time's right. So uh, we'd be happy to talk to you and, uh, and chat about that plan. 
Right on. Well, I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's where you're going to find the latest editions of the Moving Iron Podcast. Also, the Moving Iron blog will be posted there as well. Also, go over to movingironllc.com, another great place to see everything that's going on with the Moving Iron Podcast and the Moving Iron Summit that happens in September 15th through the 17th in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, you want to see what Chip looks like? Check out the Moving Iron Podcast market contributors, and you'll be able to see Chip with his bio there and uh, all, this, all the good stuff he's uh, he's got going on there. So check out the Dryline Farmer Podcast. Good friends of mine named Brent and Landon uh, do that, and it's a, it's a good, entertaining podcast. You're going you're gonna to like what you have there. So with that, I am Casey Seymour, and with Chip Dellinger, let's go with some iron, folks. Thanks, Casey and Chip. We've got even more used equipment remarketing resources that we're sending your way. In addition to this podcast, we're also tapping into Casey's expertise across all our informational channels. Find more from him in the print magazine and on farm-equipment.com slash askthexpert. And you can keep up with the latest industry news by registering online to receive our free newsletters. Visit www.farm-equipment.com. For Casey and Chip, as well as our entire staff here at Farm Equipment, I'm Kim Schmidt. Thanks for listening.